Welcome to Cookbook Club. We are home cooks from Portland, Oregon. I'm Sarah Gray. And I'm Renee Wilkinson. Every other episode of Cookbook Club will be focused not on a cookbook, but a cooking topic. I feel like we dismissed chocolate chip cookies back in season one, and so we're back to give them their own moment in the sun. And I am generally on the fence. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was when we did our episode about 100 Cookies by Sarah Kiefer. There's a whole section in there of chocolate chip cookies. And we were like, yeah, chocolate chip cookies can be a little boring. It's America's favorite cookie. Yes. Right? Yes. And everybody seems like they're continually on the hunt for the perfect chocolate chip cookie. Yes. So I think after listening to this episode, you couldn't possibly not have a a perfect chocolate chip cookie recipe to go to. Yeah, I think so. Did you know that chocolate chip cookies were invented in the 1930s? No. Yeah, by a woman named Ruth Wakefield. She ran a place called the Toll House Inn. Ah, which was a popular restaurant in eastern Massachusetts. And um, she used an ice pick to break up a semi-sweet chocolate bar into little bits and mix them into dough. And then she sold the recipe to Nestle, so that's why uh. her. And apparently her recipe, which is on the back of the Toll House chocolate chips, uh-huh. it's like the Toll House cookie recipe on the back of the Nestle chocolate chips, is like pretty close to the original. Although the thing I find interesting is that her cookies were tiny. She called for half teaspoon sized cookies. Wow. Okay. I'm like, how could you even, there must've been tiny little shards of chocolate and only like two of them in there. A little, half teaspoon? Yeah. Little flecks That's of like it. That's like not even a bite. That's like a crumb. They're just very basic. Yeah. It's like yeah. a vanilla cookie dough. Of course, like mm-hmm. there's sugar in it. There's butter. How could that not be good? Right. And then little flecks of chocolate, which I appreciate. It's not that I hate chocolate chip cookies. Of course. It's just that they're kind of simple. And you've and, found a bunch more interesting yes, things which, in your cookie baking experience. Yeah. And we will get to like the recipes that I think are the more interesting chocolate chip cookies. But I feel like you are a chocolate chip cookie expert. You make cookies a lot for your kids. Yeah, I do make a lot of cookies. I don't know if I'm a chocolate chip cookie expert, but I have made so many of them over the years and I do really like them. They are a classic. I like to return to a classic. I think it's great. You can find that Toll House chocolate chip cookie recipe on the New York Times, by the way. Last year, I was renovating my house. It was really hard for me to bake, and I love to bake, and it's like a real stress reliever for me. And so um, I went to my parents' house at one point, at many points, to like use the oven. And I would just work with whatever my mom had. Like I wouldn't bring my own ingredients because she stocks all this stuff. But she just buys the big bag of semi-sweet chocolate chips. For years before this, I only dealt in milk chocolate chips. Okay which I'm going to go ahead and say is the superior chocolate chip. Oh, I have one that's more superior, but we can come back to that. <laughs> the, one of the other reasons is that I'm very sensitive to chocolate. So I'm a migraine sufferer. And so I have to be really careful not to have too much caffeine. Chocolate is a trigger for me. And so by switching to milk chocolate chips, I was like maybe taking the chocolate factor down a little bit. I see. But then I just was basically convinced that they are the best thing ever. So on the ranking of chocolate, semi-sweet has less chocolate in it than milk chocolate? No, semi-sweet has more. Oh, okay. Because it's a darker chocolate. I see. So the milk chocolate is like a 35% Uh cacao. And I think a semi-sweet is like in the 50s, 60s. Mm -hmm. And then like you can get into those like really dark chocolate chips. So my favorite chocolate chips are the bittersweet ones. You like the really dark ones. Yeah. Because I don't like that. I just want like the little punch of it yeah. in there. Well, and I mean, chocolate is an acidic ingredient. So mm-hmm. if you're talking about that, like balance of you know, yes. acid, I think it could be argued that you really do want that punch of acid from the darker chocolate. 
especially in a sweet dough like this. Mm-hmm. And that's going to give it more interest. But I think that milk chocolate chip makes it much more decadent okay. tasting because it's much more like creamy chocolatey. But anyway, I went to my parents. I made these Toll House chocolate chip cookies because I would just like didn't have my books and I didn't have my stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just dealing with whatever. And I whipped these out, expecting them to be totally average and not exciting. They were so good. <laughs> I was like, these are awesome. I mean, I think that's the chocolate chip cookie that most people want when they're thinking of a classic chocolate yeah. chip cookie. So yeah. it's like it's endured the test of time yes. and yada, yada. I just find it a little bit boring. Yeah, but that's OK. That's OK. You can find it boring. Um, I do have a number of go-to recipes that I like to make that make it way less boring, mostly by adding things to it. Hit me with those. (laughs) So here's one I really like. It's from a book called Good to the Grain by Kim Boyce. Okay. It's a whole wheat chocolate chip cookie. Mm. 100% whole wheat flour. There is, it's not a mix. It's just whole wheat. I like that. It's a very nutty flavor. Uh She calls for you to chop up dark, like bittersweet chocolate and put it in. I prefer it with a milk chocolate chip. (laughs) It's like, and I get it that I'm like not putting enough acid in it, but I think with the nuttiness of the whole wheat, the milk chocolate chip works really, really well. For many years, that was my go-to chocolate chip cookie. It's very delicious and it's super easy. There's something about the ratios on the recipe where it's like, and I'm not going to be able to say it from memory, but it's basically like, you know, two eggs, one stick of butter. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's like, you don't have to like portion out ingredients. It's like yeah. one cup of brown sugar, one cup of white sugar. It's just like really simple. And that recipe doesn't even measure by weight, which drives me nuts. Usually I love to measure by weight when I'm baking, but that is an awesome recipe. That's great. I really like it. I like the alternative flour. Like let's move away from just yeah. the all purpose flour. Yeah, totally. What about you? When you make a chocolate chip cookie, a boring chocolate chip cookie, for your kids or something, what what are your go-tos? Well, I have one in particular that I make all the time, which is still like kind of boring, but it's like a little bit more interesting than the Toll House version. And it's the chewy chocolate chip oatmeal cookies from allrecipes.com, which we'll link to in the show notes. What I like about this recipe and find interesting is just that it's one part flour to three parts oats oh so it's a really it's really an oatmeal cookie it's really an oatmeal cookie yeah there's a couple eggs in there there's like all the sugar that you would expect a cup of butter which is like kind of a lot of butter is that two sticks it is two sticks yeah i didn't realize that it was that much anyways i always add chopped nuts to it um if i'm making it for my kids then i will like add chopped nuts to just half of it yeah. so that, you know, everybody can have a cookie if they want one. They call for quick cooking oats. I always use just like old fashioned oats yeah. and it turns out fine. I don't stock quick cooking oats. So. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I think oatmeal is one of the classic ways to make a chocolate chip cookie more interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, also- maybe a purist would say that you've now you're now making an oatmeal cookie and not a chocolate chip cookie. But I I'm not here for that. No, I'm not here for that either. I think oats do add a lot of character and they kind of bulk it up. One of my favorite oatmeal chocolate chip cookie recipes is from the Grand Central Baking Book. Uh huh. I mean, if you've ever been into a Grand Central Bakery and eaten one of their chocolate chip, oatmeal chocolate chip cookies, you know they're fabulous. They have in that book something they call the big cookie method, mm-hmm. which is how you can make them enormous, like they sell them in the bakery. 
I don't make them that big because I don't really want my kids to eat that big of a cookie or myself, but they are so good. In the recipe, they call for half and half bittersweet and milk chocolate chips. And so it sort of like balances out somewhere in the middle, I guess. Okay. Which I think is interesting. I don't usually do that. I usually just use whatever chocolate chips I have on hand. And by the way, I have gotten back to using more semi-sweet chocolate chips, but those milk chocolate chips are still like a real treat. I like the Ghirardelli ones in the blue bag. Okay. I Um, like the Ghirardelli ones in the brown bag. Okay. There you go. Those are the really dark ones. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then I have a hot tip about these oatmeal chocolate chip cookies. In my opinion, in my professional cookie tasting opinion, this is the absolute very best cookie dough to eat raw. Oh, I'm here for that. They are so good. And they have raw oats in them at that point when they're raw. Uh Uh-huh. No. Amazing. Like sometimes I'll make some of these and I'll put them in the freezer and like they never become cookies. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I see that. You're, it's very good cookie dough. You're very smart about that, about which I need to think more that way in terms of like planning my cookies, where you'll make a batch of cookies and roll them and then freeze them and then just take them out like four at a time and bake them. Yeah. So smart. I love that strategy. And actually, I would say that is like, if you want to be like a chocolate chip cookie champion, this is a strategy you need to employ. So yeah, you scoop them and then you put them on a sheet and you freeze them. And actually I would say with a chocolate chip cookie, because of the spread and the freezing, I like to form them into a disc. Uh-huh. Whereas if I if it's just fresh dough, I think it's fine to just scoop it and have it in a mound. But I think you get a better outcome if you're gonna freeze them by like shaping them into like a hockey puck essentially. Okay. And then freeze them on a sheet and then put them like in a tub. We buy that like big tub of Nancy's yogurt. Mm-hmm. So it's like a gigantic tub. And so we save the tubs and then I just fill them with cookies, like cookie dough and label them on the side in the freezer. And you can just go in and pull out four and like dessert. That's very smart. Done. So yes, oatmeal, classic way to make it more interesting, I think. Yeah. Um, then there's the alternative flour. Here's a chocolate chip cookie I cannot get enough of. The salted tahini chocolate chip cookie from the New York Times. Ooh. You put tahini in that dough, it is a game changer. Really? It is so silky. Like, you get a really nice, like, chew to the cookie. You get a really, like, they cook up really nice. Like, man, tahini. Like, you know that sesame cake from Snacking Cakes? Mm -hmm. You put the tahini in the batter, and then it's just, like, silky and luxurious. Mm -hmm. That's what this does to a chocolate chip cookie. It's so delicious. And there are some of the most beautiful cookies I've seen. You almost don't taste the tahini. It's definitely there, but it's like sort of a secondary flavor. I think those are so fabulous. And you do a little flaky sea salt on the top, which mm-hmm. flaky sea salt on the top is also like a way to elevate the chocolate chip cookie for sure. Yeah, I agree. They're really good. That sounds like a great one. I should try that. I highly recommend them. I know you made the brown butter chocolate chip cookies from 100 Cookies yeah. by Sarah Kiefer. Yeah. How did those turn out? They turned out okay. I I actually will say that I don't adore any of the chocolate chip cookie recipes in that book. Okay. There's like a thin one. I don't really get why anybody wants a thin chocolate chip cookie. I guess I understand that you want it to be crispy. But the thing I don't understand is the chocolate chip is big. And like, I hate the look of like this tiny flat ch- thin chocolate chip cookie that has like these big hunks of chocolate. I don't know. I want it to be like more consistent looking. I don't know if that yeah. makes any sense. I also like a chewier cookie. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't like a crispy one really. So she's got one of those. She has a chewy one, which my kids like, but I find to be like pretty pedestrian. <laughs> That's so harsh. 
Burn. Sorry, you Sarah. You know what's Cooper. funny is that you can really just sit down in front of a microphone and realize that you have very deeply held beliefs about a ch- about chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. And you weren't quite sure that it ran so deep. So I'm having a real self-realization moment right here. That's hilarious. But yeah, I think they were just like really basic. The thing about some of Sarah Kiefer's recipes that I think we've talked about before is that she calls for a ton of butter and vanilla in all of them. Mm-hmm. And that's the forward flavor is yeah. butter and vanilla on that chewy chocolate chip cookie. So what was the outcome of the brown butter cookies? So Did the you... brown butter cookies, I think, have a lot of potential. You brown, but it's it's a complicated recipe because you brown half of the butter and then the other half is just regular. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason she did that is because you brown the butter and then the butter is hot. Mm-hmm. So if you put it in the mixer without letting it cool enough, then she has you beat it with the rest of the butter, which I think is meant to bring the temperature down oh. before you add everything else. But I didn't think it had enough brown butter flavor. Like okay. I didn't, that didn't come through for me. So I made it again and I browned all the butter. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, gooey i think that you need the the butter softened not melted right. in order to get the right consistency with the sugar right and that was something that i noticed in the grand central baking book is they have a whole section on how to make those big cookies right and it's really important that you have room temperature butter that you whip up really good and then you mix it with the sugar enough that the sugar is almost like kind of melting into the butter but like once you get to the melted butter stage you change the whole structure of the right. dough and there's no coming back from yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's, I think that's a mistake I made when I was like an adolescent and I used to, this was my entry into like baking was baking chocolate chip cookies. I think for a lot of people it is. And they always turned out really flat and a little bit oily. And I think it was because my, like I wasn't beating the butter and the sugar long enough to yeah. make them cream. Right. Like when recipes say cream the butter and sugar, that's what they mean is you're beating it for like four minutes right. until it's until like it nice and fluffy and, and it's, it's really incorporated. Yeah. There's a recipe in the America's Test Kitchen for a chewy chocolate chip cookie, and it calls for melted butter. And they talk a little bit about how that changes the character of the cookie. Mm-hmm. It also calls for an extra egg yolk, oh. which like ups the fat content and it does make it chewier. Oh, okay. Um, and so I think that's an interesting thing to like sort of play around with because, yeah, all of these things affect the final outcome of the cookie. And then, you know, there's another thing that they tell you to do now, which is to rest your chocolate chip cookie dough like overnight what? in the fridge, which does definitely affect the texture. How so? Does it just like give the chance for the flour to hydrate, basically? I think that's basically what is it's it, doing. Is it fluffier, like when it comes I don't think out? It's necessarily fluffier, but I'm, they tell you on the salted tahini chocolate chip cookies from the New York Times, they tell you to rest them overnight. I'm not going to do that. That's just I've not my. I've done it and I've not done it. Those still come out beautiful no matter what. Okay. I don't think it's necessary, but uh, yeah, it's interesting, right? It's not my mental cookie timeline. Yeah. When I'm yeah. like, if you I'm going to make you cookies. Want them now. Yeah. Yeah, that's a half hour project. Okay, let's take a quick break to go get a glass of milk, (laughs) and then we'll be back with more chocolate chip cookie content. Yes. Dropcloth Samplers is a line of hand-drawn embroidery samplers, printed and ready for you to jump in and start stitching right away. Each pattern is hand-drawn by Rebecca Rinquist in her Portland, Oregon studio, and printed for you to embroider with your own color and thread choices, like coloring book pages, but for embroidery. And with Rebecca's custom classes on Creative Bug, she's with you every step of the way. You can find Dropcloth Samplers on Instagram at Dropcloth or online at dropclothsamplers.com. I 
I do have one other chocolate chip cookie recipe that I do like. Okay, let's hear it. It is the salted chocolate chunk shortbread cookies mm. from Allison Roman from the New York Times. Have you tried that recipe? I haven't tried that one. Oh my God. So it's a chocolate chip shortbread. Yeah. So my cousin Chrissy, shout out to you, Chrissy, brought this over to my house when I had a family dinner a couple weeks ago. And it was so good. I mean, God, Allison Roman knows what she's doing, she right? She really does. Yeah. So this is a, an amazing recipe I would totally make again, probably because it's not like a traditional chocolate chip cookie, right? You're making right. shortbread, which is delicious. And then you're cutting in some like big chunks of chocolate. And in the recipe, she's calling for whatever you want, like semi-sweet, bittersweet. What's interesting about it is that you form it into a log shape and then you have to chill it for a couple hours. So it's super firm. And then you brush the outside of the log with beaten egg. And then you roll it in demerara sugar, just mm. super so you good. Get that crunch, yes, and that's what I loved about it. So then you like cut it into these little coins, basically, and bake it that way. So you get like the crunchiness on the outside, and then like the soft crumble of a shortbread. Yum. Yeah, it was awesome. That sounds really good. That kind of reminds me of the bourbon sablés. Oh yeah, in the One Hundred Cookies book that have the option to add the chocolate. Mm-hmm. Well, and it also reminds me of Smitten Kitchen Every Day and her rosemary olive oil shortbread which cookies, which I love, which yeah. you can also add like shards of chocolate to, which is great. Okay, let's talk about one more way that you could make a chocolate chip cookie really interesting, which is you could basically add all the things to it. <laughs> so have you had the cowboy cookies from the Camp Out Cookbook? I have, because when yeah. we went camping as a cookbook club, we all made recipes from the Camp Out Cookbook, and you brought those cookies. I did bring those cookies. I love those cookies. Remind me what's in those cookies. What okay. is everything? So I think the magic of the cookie is that the dough itself has cinnamon in it. Oh, right. Yes. Which really changes the flavor in a really positive way, I think. I love that cinnamon dough. In fact, I would be curious to try just adding cinnamon to the base dough of any chocolate chip cookie because I think I love that flavor. It's so, so nice. But it also has nuts and coconut. And I mean, it's like it is like packed full of stuff. It'd be really good to add pretzels. I feel yeah. like there needs to be like some crushed pretzel in there too, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Because the sweetness, like that's what gets me sometimes with a traditional chocolate chip cookie is just like sweet on sweet on yeah. sweet. Yeah. So I guess that's why I like the bittersweet chocolate to break it up a little bit. But that's like, you like the flaky sea like, salt on yes. top. But if you put a salty pretzel in there too, yeah. maybe. That'd be fun. Yeah. I like it. Isn't there a cookie in the, um, I think it's supernatural every day that is called a carnival cookie and it has popcorn in it oh yeah i remember that and then one. i think milk bar makes a cookie that has potato chips in it Ooh, interesting i mean then you're just getting kind of wacky but yeah i'm here for it i mean Me too. I i'm not a purist i don't think that a chocolate chip cookie can only be just like the dough and the chocolate chips i think there are endless ways to make it more interesting and then also maybe that kind of makes you appreciate the original as well yeah when you go back to it i 100 agree i'm a purist about some things like my cranberry sauce for example <laughs> yes. But I don't think uh, cookies are sacred. I think we should totally experiment and yeah. endless ways of making them is more interesting and more fun. Yeah. I'm getting ready to teach a class about cooking chocolate chip cookies. I'm so excited and I'm, like, for that. I'm so excited. And so I've been recipe testing all kinds of things um, to dial in my recipes. Um, and so I've been just churning out ridiculous quantities of chocolate chip cookies. So I have like three tubs of those like Nancy's yogurt tubs in my freezer uh -huh. that are just full of like 
uncooked cookies, cookie dough. I have a couple questions about this. Okay. First question, this cooking class that you're teaching is for kids. It's for kids, right? Yeah. Not for grown-ups, right. which I think is so cool. And second question is when you take them out of the freezer to bake them, the cookies, not the kids, um, <laughs> are you just like adding two minutes to the baking time? Like, how yeah. do you do that? Basically, that's how I'll do it. Or if I think ahead a little bit, I'll just pull them out and let them thaw for 15 minutes or so and then go with the regular baking time. Okay. Because they have so much fat in them because of the butter, they thaw really quickly. Cool. Yeah. So have you landed on a recipe? for the cooking class yeah i'm we're making four recipes and then we're going to do a taste test oh cool so we're going to do the whole wheat the salted tahini the oatmeal and the toll house i'm excited to hear what the winner is i know and who knows like what kids will think you know yeah i think their opinions might be a little different than mine i am sure that their opinions are going to be a little different than yours (laughs) who are we kidding Well, I want to hear any other hot tips you have around chocolate chip cookie hacks. I think this is a pretty obvious hack, but a plate of cookies, a plate of good homemade chocolate chip cookies is like the nicest thing you can like give to a neighbor or somebody. And it's not hard at all. Mm -hmm. And I also don't think anybody would hate being given a Nancy's yogurt tub full of (laughs) frozen cookie dough that they could pull out at a moment's notice. Grand Central Bakery does that. They sell the preformed cookie dough pucks Mm -hmm. and then you can just throw them in the oven and make your own. Those are really good, but you can make them yourself and just stock them up. I 100% support eating raw cookie dough. Yeah. And I think I just think that people just to be judgy, the people in life who are like, oh, I'm not going to eat that because it has raw egg. Live fast and free, folks. Mm-hmm. Just like eat some raw cookie dough. It's probably totally. going to be fine. There are other things that we eat that have raw eggs in them. Yeah. I ate a lot of them when I was pregnant and I felt a little more nervous about it then. I would make like a huge double batch of cookies and then <laughs> I put way too much thought into this. I make a huge double batch and then I would eat an entire like ball of dough and then I would freeze the rest of it. And then I would be like, I'm good. I can eat all of that dough because I've already tested it and I know that like there's no (laughs) it's not going to make me sick yeah (laughs) not like it's ever made me sick I mean that's not a thing I'm sure I'm sure it's happened to somebody at some point but like I don't know yeah I'm not convinced that there's like a real risk there I am not either I mean it seems like people get E. coli and whatever from eating spinach and things that are not even related totally I feel more motivated to like make a double batch and freeze half of them or even just make a regular batch and freeze half of them well the thing is one batch of cookies really makes a lot they'll churn out 20 or 22 cookies i mean that's really more than you need unless you're going to share them with your neighbors which is always appreciated and yeah i don't know i love giving a plate of cookies away a chocolate chip cookie is like so wholesome and so like all american that Mm -hmm. i feel like you kind of know whoever is getting it is going to appreciate it Mm -hmm. you know versus like i think of your holiday cookie boxes where like you really went outside the lines and you made some really interesting really cool cookies but like you knew who was going to appreciate a cookie box like that and you know that there's a lot of other people who probably aren't going to, including the children in your life. Here's the other thing. It makes a great after school snack. My son likes me to bring a snack for him when he's done with school because he's always really hungry. And so I can be like, oh, it's two o'clock. Let me pull out one of those pucks, Mm -hmm. bake one cookie and take it to him after school. That's really That's smart. Like a fun treat. I guess my family is obsessed with newness when it comes to food, probably because they're used to me churning out a lot of things. Yeah. And so I have spoiled them in that regard. That's funny. I feel like it's the opposite in my house because I'm always trying new things. They like crave the ordinary. Oh, funny. Yeah. I think I also make them ration their cookies. So maybe I shouldn't do that as much <laughs> and be as stingy about them. I'm like, you can have one after school. If you only bake you a have... few of them, yeah. then there's not that many of them 
to eat and then you don't have to limit them. It's just like, well, they ran out. Did you grow up with a cookie jar in your house? No, not really. No, me either. I mean, my mom made cookies a lot. Yeah. Like she made cookies actually a lot, a lot. There were six of us growing up and like total family, like four siblings and my two parents. And she was a stay at home mom until I was in third grade. And then she went back to school to become a mechanical engineer. You guys, no big deal with like four kids, four little kids. She's amazing. It's um, incredible. But yeah, I would say she was making cookies like every two to three days growing up. And it was That's a rotation great. between like chocolate chip, peanut butter, maybe like another one, like snickerdoodles, yeah. probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gosh. So they're pretty great. They have like happy yeah. memories. I yeah. think I just burned myself out on them yeah, yeah. so far in my life. But yeah. these are new recipes that I think would shake it up for me enough. Yeah. I'd try them again. Try those tahini ones. Okay. They're awesome. Well, we sure hope that you guys will join us next time. We're going to be cooking from Provisions by Michelle and Suzanne Russo. So, Sarah, why did we pick this book? It's super vibrant. It's a beautiful cookbook that's focused on ingredients, and it's a vegetarian cookbook all based around Caribbean cooking. And it really spoke to us in some ways, so we're excited to talk about it. That should be a really interesting one. Big thanks to N. Reeser for the awesome five-star review. You guys, we love it. We do a happy dance every time you leave us one. Every single time. It's great. Cook along with us between now and then. Just tag us on Instagram at cookbookclubshow or send us a voice memo or a comment at cookbookclubshow at gmail.com. You can find us online at cookbookclub.show. And remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next one. And leaving us a review helps other home cooks find us too. We'll see you soon. Bye.